Chapter Fifty One of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter Fifty One. While bloomed the magic flowers, we scarcely knew. The gold was there, but now their petals strew. Life's pathway. And yet the flowers were fair, fed by youth's dew and love's enchanted air. The cold evening air, breathing on Joyce's flushed cheeks, calms her as she sets out for the walk that Barbara had encouraged her to take. It is an evening of great beauty. Earth, sea, and sky seem blended in one great soft mist, that rising from the ocean down below floats up to heaven, its heart a pale, vague pink. The day is almost done, and already shadows are growing around trees and corners. There is something mystical and strange in the deep murmurs that come from the nestling woods the sweet wild coo of the pigeons, the chirping of innumerable songsters, and now and then the dull hooting of some blinking owl. Through all the sad tolling of a chapel bell away, away in the distance, where the tiny village hangs over the brow of the rocks that gird the sea. While yet the woods were hardly more than brown, filled with the stillness of the dying day the folds and farms and faint green pastures lay and bells chimed softly from the gray-walled town the dark fields with the corn and poppies sown the dull delicious dreamy forest way the hope of april for the soul of may on all of these nights wide soft wings swept down well it isn't night yet however she can see to tread her way along the short young grasses down to a favorite nook of hers where musical sounds of running streams may be heard and the rustling of growing leaves makes songs above one's head here and there she goes through brambly ways where amorous arms from blackberry bushes strive to catch and hold her and where star-eyed daisies and buttercups and delicate faint-hearted primroses peep out to laugh at her discomfiture but she escapes from all their snares and goes on her way her heart so full of troublous fancies that her many wiles gain from her not so much as one passing thought the pretty lovely may is just bursting into bloom its pink blossoms here and its white blossoms there mingle gloriously, and the perfume of it fills the silent air. Joyce picks a branch or two as she goes on her way, and thrusts them into the bosom of her gown. And now she has reached the outskirts of the wood, where the river runs, crossed by a rustic bridge, on which she has ever loved to rest and dream leaning rounded arms upon the wooden railings and seeing strange but sweet things in the bright hurrying water beneath her eyes she has gained the bridge now and leaning languidly 
upon its frail ramparts lets her gaze wander afield the little stream full of conversation as ever flows on unnoticed by her its charms seem dead that belong to the old life the life she will never know again it seems to her quite a long time since she felt young and yet only a few short months have flown since she was young as the best of them when even tommy did not seem altogether despicable as a companion and she had often been guilty of finding pleasure in running a race with him and of covering him not only with confusion but with armfuls of scented hay when at last she had gained the victory over him and had turned from the appointed goal to overwhelm the enemy with merry sarcasms oh yes that was all over all done an end must come to everything and to her light-heartedness an end had come very soon too soon she was inclined to believe in an excess of self until she remembered that life was always to be taken seriously and she had deliberately trifled with it seeing only the very heart of it the gaiety the carelessness the ease well her punishment has come she has learned that life is a failure after all it takes some people a lifetime to discover that great fact it has taken her quite a short time nothing is of much consequence and yet she sighs and looks around her her eyes fall upon a distant bank of cloud overhanging a pretty farmstead and throwing into bold relief the ricks of hay that stand at the western side of it a huge black crow standing on top of this is napping his wings and calling loudly to his mate presently he spreads his wings and with a creaking of them like the noise of a sail in a light wind disappears over her head she has followed his movements with a sort of lazy curiosity and now she knows that he will return in an hour or so with thousands of his brethren darkening the heavens as they pass to their night lodgings in the tall elm trees it is good to be a bird no care no trouble no pain a short life and a merry one better than a long life and a sorry one yes the world is all sorry she turns her eyes impatiently away from the fast vanishing crow and now they fall upon a perfect wilderness of daffodils that are growing upon the edge of the bank a little way down how beautiful they are their soft delicate heads nod lazily this way and that way they seem the very embodiment of graceful drowsiness some lines lately read reoccur to her and awake within her memory i wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills when all at once i saw a crowd a crowd of golden daffodils beside the lake beneath the trees fluttering and dancing in the breeze they seemed so full of lazy joy or unutterable rapture that they belly her belief in the falseness of all things they must surely be some good in the world that grows such charming things 
things almost sentient, and the trees swaying above her head and dropping their branches into the stream is there no delight to be got out of them the tenderness of this soft sweet mood in which perpetual twilight reigns enters into her and soothes the sad demon that is torturing her breast tears rise to her eyes she leans still further over the parapet and drawing the pink and white hawthorn blossoms from her bosom drops them one by one into the hasty little river and lets it bear them away upon its bosom to tiny bays unknown tears follow them falling from her drooping lids can neither daffodils nor birds nor trees give her some little of their joy to chase the sorrow from her heart her soul seems to fling itself outward in an appeal to nature and nature that kind of mother of us all responds to the unspoken cry a step upon the bridge behind her she starts in a more upright position and looks round her without much interest a dark figure is advancing towards her through the growing twilight it seems abnormally large and black and joyce stares at it anxiously not freddy not one of the laborers they would all be clad in flannel jackets of a light color oh is it you says dysart coming closer to her he had however known it was she from the first moment his eyes rested upon her no mist no twilight could have deceived him for lovers eyes are sharp to see and lovers ears in hearing yes says she advancing a little toward him and giving him her hand a cold little hand and reluctant i was coming down to mrs monkton with a message a letter from lady baltimore this is a very long way round from the court isn't it says she yes but i like this calm little corner i have come often to it lately miss cavanagh lets her eyes wander to the stream down below to this little spot of all places her favorite nook had he hoped to meet her there oh no impossible and besides she had given it up for a long long time until this evening it seems weeks to her now since last she was here you will find barbara at home says she gently i don't suppose it is of very much consequence says he alluding to the message he is looking at her though her averted face leaves him little to study you are cold says he abruptly am i turning to him with a little smile i don't feel cold i feel dull perhaps but nothing else and in truth if she had used the word unhappy instead of dull she would have been near the mark the coming of dysart thus suddenly into the midst of her mournful reverie has but served to accentuate the reality of it a terrible sense of loneliness is oppressing her all things have their place in this world yet where is hers on what account is she to any one barbara loves her yes but not so well as freddy and the children oh to be first with some one i find no spring 
while spring is well nigh blown i find no nest while nests are in the grove woe's me for mine own heart that dwells alone my heart that breaketh for a little love christina rossetti's mournful words seem to suit her involuntarily she lifts her heavy eyes tired of the day's weeping and looks at dysart you have been crying says he abruptly end of chapter 51 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc